Good Sunday morning. You're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire, to inform, and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. question is a very simple and leading question. How much does Jesus love me? Jesus loves us so much that he died upon the cross for us to forgive us of our sins, that we will be brought into a right relationship with God. Amen. Thank you for your question. In Romans 5, starting at verse 6, it says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet preadventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And in the Message Bible, the same three verses says Christ arrives right on time to make this happen. He didn't and doesn't wait for us to get ready. He presented himself for this sacrificial death when we were far too weak and rebellious to do anything to get ourselves ready. And even if we hadn't been so weak, we wouldn't have known what to do anyway. We can understand someone dying for a person worth dying for, and we can understand how someone good and noble could inspire us to selfless sacrifice, but God, he put his love on the line for us by offering his son in sacrificial death while we were of no use whatsoever to him. And that's what we're going to talk about to die for. When you think of that idiom to die for, you think of something that is so good to someone, whether you like it or not, whether you have value in it or not, whether it means anything to you or not, it is so desirable to that person that they believe that it is to die for. Well, God thought we were to die for so much so that he gave his only begotten son to die for you and I. Even as you were speaking about the word to die for, I could just hear the words when someone would describe something. Is it good? Was it that good? And they said it is to die for. And that's the way Jesus Christ felt about us. That's what God and how God felt for us because we were separated from God and he sent Jesus Christ to bring us back to Together, and he knew that they were taking ultimate sacrifice to bring mankind, God's own creation, back to him. And so Jesus Christ gave his own life, the Lamb of God that was slain for the sins of men, that we would be reconciled back to God. That tells you how valuable that God thinks about us. I mean, he looks upon us and whether we look at ourselves and we think we're not worth it because we have messed up. But God has said, said, no matter what you have done, he says, I still 
love you. And to prove his love is that he continued to pursue you with his everlasting love. He continues to draw you with his goodness and his mercy. He said, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. He didn't say, I drew you because you were good. No, he said, with my loving kindness, I have drawn you into my presence. And listen, he knows this as well, that if it was based upon who we are, what we could do, my God, who would be able to make it in? I mean, when you think about it, when you think about the worth of a thing, the worth of a thing is the value equivalent to that of someone or something under consideration or the level at which someone or something deserves to be valued or rated. Let's be clear. There is no good thing in me. Mm. All of my righteousness is as filthy rags, but we can stand today only because we stand complete in Christ and he is our righteousness. In Philippians 3, it says that we would be found in him not having our own righteousness because that is filthy and that is of the law but that which is through the faith of Christ the righteousness which is of God by faith we stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ it is not that we are worth something to anyone else that's why that idiom to die for is so special your mother's chocolate cake might be to die for to you no one else may like it like you like it but you like it enough that it means all the world to you you might not have meant that much to anybody else but you mean so much to God that you were worth dying for to him it's the value he placed on you outside of him you might not mean anything else I I received a voucher from Sears for a warranty that I had to take back and on the voucher it said for something I had to take back and on the voucher it said that this has no monetary value meaning I can't take that voucher to any other store any other place any other retailer and get anything for it but when I walk into the doors of Sears they gave me something equivalent to $1,400 worth for that voucher it meant something to them didn't mean anything to anyone else that's what it is with you and I our life might not have meant anything to anyone else think about the parable of the good Samaritan that one dying on the side of the road all of the church folks passed them by didn't mean anything to anybody else they didn't have they didn't think there was any worth or value in stopping to tend to the wounded person on the road but then came the good Samaritan and he thought it was worth enough to take his time and tend to the wounded and make sure he got cared for that is how Jesus how God is to you and I to anyone else we might not mean anything but to God you mean the world to him Mm. he set aside his divinity and took on the form of a man a servant he came down from heaven through Mary came upon the earth showed us who God was worked miracles and power and through his power he delivered us to show us that God loves us you know in the word it says that Jesus Christ came upon the earth that he would destroy the works of the enemy and that was a way that God was showing us that he is able to deliver us I mean you have to look at really what he sacrificed he gave up the celestial glory of heaven to come here and ride upon a donkey 
He who knew no sin became sin for me. He accepted the wrath and anger of God and paid the penalty for my sin. He left his throne on high to hang upon a cross of shame. I mean, think about it. How much would you give up for someone? I mean, someone that's going to spit on you and someone that's going to reject you and someone that's going to deny you. How much would you give? The Bible says scarcely for a good man would we even want to do something special like give our life. But he loved us in that while we were filthy, wretched, undone, stinking sinners, he gave himself for us. I am so grateful that he thought we were to die for. He also took my place. Really, it was because of my sin that it was supposed to be me. It was supposed to be you Mm. that hung up on the cross. But no, he said, no, I come to take your place. I am the lamb of God. I am the ultimate sacrifice. It is with my blood that covers and and make a symbol of the reconciliation between you and God. He says, not only that, but he paid my debt. And if you have ever owed anything, Mm. matter of fact, the Bible says that the, that the one that has the debt is a slave to the one whom they're supposed to be paying the debt to. And so he's saying, listen, I'm taking away that debt. No longer do you owe anything because I wiped your slate clean. He bored my grief. The Bible says that he bored my grief, that those things that trouble me, those things that disturb my peace, he's saying that now the chastisement of my peace, I can lay upon him and with his stripes, I am healed. He carried my shame. I mean, the things that we haven't, we know that is in our heart, the things that we have done, if we told anybody those things, those secret things, we would be ashamed. But God says, listen, no more shall you stand in shame. No longer shall your shame hold you in captivity. He said, I come to break that chain of shame. Then he says, with my stripes, I am healed through his stripes. We have the healing power of God. And not only that, but he redeemed me and became a curse for me. My God, really, my life is supposed to be cursed. He redeemed me and became a curse for me. I mean, cursed is the man that was hanging on the tree, but he became that curse for me. It was you and I that were under the curse. You and I that deserved the the, the ridicule and you and I that deserved the shame that he endured. We deserve the ridicule. We deserve hell's fire, but he came and suffered in my stead. I mean, everything that was due me, he came and stood in front. You ever have someone come to your defense? You ever have somebody bullying you or someone threatening to do harm to you and someone come and stand in your defense to almost say, if you're going to get to them, you got to go through me. That's what Jesus did for you and I. He came and said, if you going to get to them. You got to first go through me. I'm going to stand in their stead. I know they don't deserve it and I know they're not worthy, but I think that they are to die for. I'm going to place upon them a worth that no one else sees. No one else believes. They themselves don't even believe in the worth that I have placed in their life, but I love them so much so that I'm going to give myself as a sacrifice. He became the perfect and all 
ultimate sacrifice for me. He became the Lamb of God. He is my righteousness and I am the redeemed of God. I'm not going to heaven because I attend church or because I read my Bible or because I'm a good person, but I have the anticipation and I have the the expectation of going to heaven because he has died for me and I have accepted his sacrifice of love through faith and now I can say I am redeemed. I am washed in the blood of the lamb. He thought I was to die for. Why did he sacrifice for us? And the number one question is, is because he loved us. Paul said that he wished that we would know the height, the length and the breadth of his and the depth of his love. That if we knew how much God, how much God loved us, that we would have a greater love for him. And we would know that the things that we've done in our lives, that he has the power to, to wipe that shame away. He has the power to lift us up out of the muck and the miry clay. If we knew how much God loved us, that he would commend his love toward us. He would cause the angels to be our protection and to encompass us. He would make sure that we would have those things that we need, even though we don't deserve them. There's many who have cursed him in their conversation with him. They have cursed him in the trials and the tribulations. They have mumbled, murmured and complained, but yet God's don't give up on us. He still pursues us with his everlasting love that we may know how much he loves us. The scripture that you're talking about is in Ephesians 3 and it is so powerful because Paul is actually saying I wish that you could really understand and comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height and to know the love of Christ. He said that it passes all understanding or knowledge. It's something you couldn't comprehend except God gives you the ability to grasp it. This love is so immense and so immeasurable that you can't really, I mean, really, we can't wrap our minds around this great love that God has loved us with. Even the the writer in John says, behold, what manner of love is this? I mean, what kind of love is this that he would give us, that he would make us even sons of God? I mean, think Mm. about the breath. He says the breadth and the depth and the height and the length of of the love of God. It is so big and so extravagant, the dimensions of Christ's love. You think you can get outside of the reach of his love? You can't move outside of the reach of the experience of God's love because it is so big and so wide and so deep and so great that it stretches everywhere you are. He will find you. You know, we sang a song that his blood reaches to the lowest valley and to the highest mountain. That blood reaches there because of the love of God that takes it there. It's the love of God that finds you in the gutter. It's the love of God that finds you in the in the house of ill repute. It's the love of God that finds you with drugs in your vein and says, I still think you are to die for. And the thing about that is that God feels that way about you no matter what you do. It, his love is unconditional, even though we don't deserve it. He loves us in spite of our disobedience and our weaknesses, our sins and our selfishness. He loves us. Now, we're not Given, saying this to give you the right to sin and said no matter what you do that God is is, is going to uh, take you to heaven and God is going to continue to bless you but this is how much he loves you that when you continue to be disobedient to him he still loves you and his heart weeps and cries because he knows 
the end of those who are disobedient. So his his love is, is unconditional. unconditional. It doesn't matter. Really, when we say it doesn't matter what you do, that's the truth. He's going to love you anyway. He's going to even love you even when your a judgment is that you have to go to hell. He's going to weep for you because he has stretched out his hand to you time and time again, and he loves you. You are his creation. He created you perfectly, and for you to continue or any of us to continue to disobey him and to walk away from him, that hurts his heart. And, 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 and therefore he wants you to know that he loves you. He's going to continue to love you. But what I'm just saying this so no one will think that you can do whatever you want to do. And God is not going to still have that judgment. But God says, no matter what, no matter even what the judgment is, he said, I'm going to love you because I did not create hell for you. Hell was created for the demons and the imps. He said, but I never intended for you to go to hell. He said, I love love you so much that I'm going to continue to to search after you and pursue you to bring you back to me he said because when the when it's all said and done when the end comes he don't want you to have your your final resting place in hell God loves you unconditionally hallelujah he thought I was worth saving so he came in and changed my life he thought I was worth keeping so he cleaned me up inside he thought I was to die for so he sacrificed his life for me and I owe him everything because he did it so I could be free so I could be whole so I could tell everyone I know that Jesus loves you you thought I was worth saving so you came and changed my life you thought So you cleaned me up inside You thought I was to die for So you sacrificed your life So I could be free So I could be whole So I can tell everyone I know You thought I was worth saving So you came saving so you came and changed my life and this is the part that I like he says you thought I was worth keeping so you cleaned me up inside usually if something you felt wasn't worth 
worth saving. You would throw it out. Toss it in the trash and put it on the curb. But he said, you thought I was worth saving, that you cleaned me up inside. He says, you thought I was to die for. Mm. So you, so you, so you sacrificed your life so that I can be free, so that I can be whole, so that I can tell everyone I know that if you did it for me, I'll do it. He'll do it for you. He is no respecter of persons. He loves us so much. And we know that he, he, he thought we were to die for so much that he gave himself for us. And we know that what drove him to do it was his immense love that he has for us. So what do we owe to him in return? I like the way the old song said it that we used to sing at Revival Center. He paid a debt that he did not owe. I owed a debt that I could not pay. Listen, I owe him everything. He came and sacrificed himself for me. And as you said, he cleaned me up inside. I owe him everything. So with all that is within me, I'm going to give it back to him. I'm going to love him with my whole heart and all my strength and all of my might. He has pursued my life and apprehended me for a cause. And now may I spend the rest of my days Mm. following after chasing after God to pursue that thing for which he has apprehended my life and to do it with all of my might and with all of my strength and with everything that is within me. I owe him everything. Yes, I pray that even you all who are listening to this radio broadcast, that you do understand the love of God, that when he created us, the Bible says in Jeremiah that we were fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, when he thought about us knowing our journey and our footsteps, he He makes sure that he set the angels around about us to keep us on the path. And even when we thought we messed up, when we got off the path, when we fell off the wagon, don't you know that he loved us so much that he knew it before we were ever born that this was going to be a detour in my life. But he says that when she take that detour, I want you to be there to to lead and guide her back on the road. If you think about Apostle Paul, when he was in his sin, his name was Saul and he was even to the point where he would bust down the door and drag out Christians and and persecute them because he did not believe in Jesus Christ now if God can take someone like Saul and turn him into Paul knowing that when he created him that he was going to do the things that he did and he loved him yet still that he would take him and change his life change his name and send him back into the to the Gentiles to preach his word and tell him about the love of God. And this is Paul's testimony. He says, I gave up all that inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally, experience his resurrection power, be a partner in his suffering and go all the way with him to death itself. If there was any way to get in on the resurrection from the dead, I wanted to do it. I mean, my God, what a testimony, what a love for God. And the only reason why he was able to do that is because he knew where God had brought him from. He knew the love of God. He experienced it to the point where he said he wished that all of us would know the height and the depth and the length and the width of his love. I mean, the love of God is so great and so vast. You can't get over it. Like you said, and it's so low that you can't get under it. It encompasses, it consumes us. Even if we look out and 
nature. We can see the love of God. There's no place that we can go that we cannot experience the love of God. He wants us to know that he loves us no matter what. And what Paul is, he says, knowing this, I've thrown all the stuff that I knew that I was the, was the priest of priests. He says, I'm the one that knew the Bible inside, the law inside and out. I was sitting up there with the rest of them. He said, but I gave up all that. I count all that as done to know Jesus Christ because he knew that God had loved him because God had rescued him from himself. Amen. And there's no way we can repay God for what he has done. There's no way we could repay all the money in the world, all the good living in the world. Mm. Nothing we could do could ever repay God for what he has done. So we know that. So on Christ, the solid rock, I stand all of the ground, all your righteousness, all your good living, all of that, all your money, everything is all sinking sand. He loved me enough to sacrifice his life so I could be free so I could be saved so I could tell everyone I know that he thought I was to die for love not religion lifted me when and we glorify your name. What manner of love is this that you have demonstrated to us in that while we were yet sinners, you through Christ died for us. And I thank you, God, that you thought enough of us to die for us. Oh, God, in Jesus Christ, we thank you. There is no good thing in us, no reason that we gave you to love us, but you keep on loving us. I thank you that you washed us and you cleaned us up and you saved us and you keep on loving us, God. You keep on loving us. We can't eat even grasp the knowledge of how great and deep and wide and expansive the love of God is toward us. But we thank you that we are recipients of this great love. Now today, God, may we see ourselves as you see us, God, the apple of your eye, heirs of salvation, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We are hidden in you, God. When you look upon us, you see, God, a sacrifice that was to die for. And I thank you dear God that you have loved me so I thank you God may we father speak over ourselves the good things that you have said about us may we love ourselves God because you have loved us and may we love you back with the ability that you have given us to love may we love you back and love one another I thank you and may with everything that we have may we tell everyone we know that God loves them hallelujah not because of what you've done but in spite spite of what you've done. God loves you. Father, I thank you because you first loved me. I love you back in Jesus' name. You thought I was to die for. Mm, 
Oh God, what would we have done if you had not spared us from our sin? What would we have done if you had not kept us from our demise? What would we have done if, Father, you did not come and rescue us, oh God? Oh Lord, when I think about it, dear Lord, I, my mind just goes back and just say, thank you, Lord, for rescuing me. Oh God, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that God, that your demonstration of your love would increase in the earth, oh God, in the name of Jesus, that the love of God will be known, dear Father, throughout the world, throughout, dear Father, that people, dear Father, that was that is caught in sin, are caught in lifestyles that are contrary to your ways, oh God, that they will experience the love of God for such as some of us, dear Father, that we were heavy laden and burdened down and dirty with sins, that our righteousness was with like filthy rags and it still is, oh God, but you, oh Lord, clean us up, dear Father God, and in that last day, dear Father, that Jesus Christ has said that he would with much joy present us without spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, dear Father God, before your presence, oh Father God, in the name of Jesus, because of your love. Thank you, oh God, that you did not give up on us. Thank you, that God, that you did not cast us aside like garbage, oh God. Thank you, oh God, that you pursued us with an everlasting love, dear Father. For the Bible says that, God, that you did this for your own namesake, that you did it to, Lord, to uphold your honor, oh God. So we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, that you saved us and that you cleansed us and that you set us free, that you make us whole. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we all come to know the height and the length and the width and the breadth of your love, oh Father, that we would all consider that our accomplishments and achievements and our own intellect, dear Father, to be as done, that God, that we seek after, dear Father, to apprehend that which we have been apprehended for, Father. So Father God, we Thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You clean me up, You thought I was to We thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.